One of the things that has always made my life so very interesting and entertaining is the various types of people that I get to meet uh, as I go about doing what the Lord has called me to do. I'm never really surprised what I hear, uh, and sometimes it's a little uh, unnerving. Uh, for about four years after I was ordained a Catholic priest, uh, in 2013, I had the privilege of teaching uh, comparative religion classes at the University of Phoenix uh, campuses here in Houston. And I think at that time they had five campuses. Uh, on, uh, and I don't know whether they even have any campuses left, but I enjoyed doing that. I met all sorts of people from all over the world. And I got to explore something that's fascinated me my entire life the different ways that peoples of the world have tried to understand why they are here and what their purpose is and what sort of heavenly or transcendent power or powers, in some cases, are involved in their lives. I was teaching a class one night and we were talking about, or basically I was talking and they were listening, although we had a wonderful discussion afterwards about how Unfortunately, so many people in the monotheistic religions of the world, the big ones, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, uh, so many people are fascinated with evil powers. So many people are mesmerized by darkness. And uh, I was talking to them about uh, how so many Hollywood shows prefer to depict supernatural darkness rather than supernatural light. So many shows would, would, would rather focus and have, over the last 40 years or so, focus on evil powers and beings and creatures that are terrifying and not on the source of light and hope and love and joy. And uh, one of my fascinations since I was uh, started studying history back in college in the early 1970s Good Lord, that sounds like a long time ago. Whew. Wow. I was old then, but I wasn't at all, as old as Father Mario was then. So, <laughs> And he has given me permission to say that. <laughs> so, and Father Blick and I used to say that to each other all the time. But at, at any rate, I was fascinated by how many different places in the world claim to be a gate of hell. And why is that? Hollywood movies always are focusing on where are the entranceways into the nether world, to the place of darkness. Can you peek in and take a look around and see? Well, so many places say there are gates of hell in the world. And we were, I was talking to my class about this. And one young man, probably in his late 20s, raised his hand and he said, Dr. Sellers, I've actually seen the gates of hell with my own eyes. And I said, oh, tell us, please. And he said, when he had just gotten back from his second tour in Iraq, in the U.S. military, I believe he was a Marine. And he said, I saw the gates of hell. He said he was uh, uh, in the middle of nowhere in the desert in Iraq. There was a little village where they were stationed. 
and there was nothing as far as you could see. And one day, he and a buddy were looking around to see what else was around, and he noticed in the far uh, horizon, he said, it, it looked like something dark. But then, you know, he got his binoculars out and looked, and it looked like a temple. But he said it wasn't really a temple because the sun was shining, and yet the temple looked dark. So he didn't figure that out. So he asked some of the villagers, said, what is that way out there? And he said, don't go there. Stay away. And he noticed there were no roads leading to it. It didn't show up on any of the maps that they had. But the villager said, you don't want to go there. Don't. He said, why? He said, that is the exact place on this earth where when St. Michael, the archangel, by the power of God, cast out Satan to the world, that's where Satan hit the ground. It's the gate of hell. He said, we don't, don't go there. No one goes in, and we pray that nothing comes out. So he said he saw, with his own eyes, the gate of hell from a distance. I said, thank you. That's very interesting. And I added it to my list of places that claim to be the gates of hell. Now, let me preface what I'm about to say by saying, don't focus on the gates of hell. Don't. More people get in trouble doing that when they are essentially bored mentally and they're curious. And they don't have any understanding about what the faith says. That's where people get in trouble. Satan is counting on us to be ignorant of our faith. So that's why we're here today. We're learning of our faith. But there are at least several dozen places around the world that claim to be the gates of hell. There is in Turkmenistan in Central Asia, a landlocked country that's just north of Pakistan, basically. It's landlocked. It's uh, mostly consumed by the Karakam Desert. And it's got a natural gas fire that's been burning for over 50 years. And it blazes in the middle of the desert the size of four or five football fields or soccer pitches. <laughs> and you can see it burning all the time. They say it's the gates of hell. You can look down into it and you can see the fires of hell. That's what they say. Uh, there is a uh, uh, volcano in Nicaragua that claims to have the gates of hell. Uh, in Kenya, there's a Hell's Gate National Forest near an active volcano. In Hawaii, there's a valley that claims to have hidden the gates of hell and the entranceway into the Forbidden City. There is a, several places in Arizona that claim to be the gates of hell. There is in the Rio Grande Valley a place called Hell's Half Acre. I've always wanted to go there. Not really. It's just interesting. I'm not going to waste my time looking for the gates of hell. But it's interesting that so many people are. They're fascinated by that. Uh, uh, Fendu in China claims to be the entrance to the gates of hell and the haunted city. 
Mount Asore in northern Japan claims to have gates that go to the, the netherworld, the underworld. Uh, Greek and Roman mythology are filled with legends of Aeneas and Odysseus and others going in through the river Styx, the, the river Lethe, other Grecian rivers that, that take them to the city of the dead. And Hollywood is mesmerized by the possibility of going from this world into hell. Now, why would that be? Well, it's pretty obvious. That's what Satan wants people to believe. We know from the parables Jesus taught that there's a great chasm set between us, between heaven and hell, in the parable about Lazarus and the rich man, where Lazarus goes to paradise and the rich man goes to hell, and the rich man cries out, and Father Abraham says, we can't get to you, there's a chasm. There's only been one who's descended into hell. And he came back from hell because he came back from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ. So there are so many places, but we have to remember that it's boredom and curiosity that leads us astray. And if we don't know what the church teaches, that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the king of the universe, Satan is defeated, they don't have authority over us. We belong to Jesus. You have to remember that. And that's, why, that's how I want to approach our gospel lesson today from Matthew 16. This is so important. This is a foundational belief of the church. Jesus takes his apostles to the northernmost part of their ministry in Caesarea Philippi as Jesus is preparing to go southward down into the valley and up into the hill country of Judea, into Jerusalem where there's a hard Roman wooden cross waiting for him. And so Jesus asked him, who do people say that I am? And the apostles answer him saying, well, some say Elijah, some say uh, one of the great prophets, some say Jeremiah. And Jesus says the question that he asks all of us. Who do you say that I am? We all have to answer that for ourselves. We have already answered it because we're here. We know who he is. Our task is to remember that he is just as Peter said. You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of John. Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father in heaven has. Therefore, you are now Peter, the rock. And it's upon this rock that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall never prevail over it. The church has authority over the gates of hell. Not the other way around. Satan wants to think it's the other way around. No, it's not. So what is Jesus talking about when he said the gates of hell? Now we know what gates are. We've got gates all over the property here. Gates are little passageways you can go in and out. Some gates are meant to keep people in. Some are meant to keep people out. We know what gates are. One thing we know about gates is that in battle, they are defensive armaments, not offensive. No army goes into battle and throws gates at the opposing army. So what are the gates for? For protection. 
But what is Jesus saying when he says that the gates of hell shall not prevail over my church? Since gates are not offensive weapons of the enemy, what does that mean for us? It means that through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in His church, we are supposed to storm the gates of hell and proclaim release to the captives. So where are the gates of hell? They're closer than you think. They're not in Turkmenistan. I've spent 30 or more years working with men trying to stay sober. And some of my men that I worked with could tell me exactly where the gates of hell were. The liquor store around the corner, that's the gate of hell. They knew that inside those doors there was a gate of hell. And they would encounter pure evil. And if the liquor store was closed, they could find another gate of hell, hell over here at the convenience store. It's open 24 hours a day. They could buy the booze they wanted. I had several men that I knew well who were addicted to gambling. They knew that the gambling casino is the door into the boats in Shreveport where the gambling tables were. That's the gate of hell. That's the gate they would go through when they want to completely lose their soul. I've known people who said adult theaters back then were the gates of hell. Going into those gates, they would lose their soul. And there were enticements all around to draw them in to the place, places of greatest danger for them. Today, 2023, the gates of hell are closer to us than we realize. And these gates are so close to us and to our children that we have to be careful that we know what the church teaches. That hell has no authority over us. Satan has no authority over us. As Martin Luther wrote in the great hymn in the, the 1500s, the prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word will fell him. What is that one little word? It's the name that is above every name in heaven and on earth and under the earth. The name of Jesus. That's the most powerful name. And so we have to make sure that we and our children keep that name in our mind because the gates of hell are so close. If we forget that, they're going to entice us to come on in. Come on in, take a look around. And boredom and curiosity and lack of teaching and lack of understanding about who Jesus is will pull us in to the gates of hell, which most of us have in our pockets. Yeah, you can find the gates of hell here, all over the place. You'll get pop-up ads trying to drag you in. Our children know about it. I hear confessions from seven, eight, and nine-year-olds who are already addicted to pornography. Jesus, help us. Really. The gates of hell are closer than we think but they are not as close to us as our Savior is. Jesus stands between us and the enemy. He always has. He always will. Our challenge is to remember that when our children, you know, and we think that if we put browsing controls over their, 
their phones that we've taken care of the problem. They're smarter than that now. They know all the fake apps they can put on there that disguise everything. It needs that we need them to remember the name of Jesus who protects us from the evil one. You know, the gates of hell are right with us all the time. You don't have to search for them. They search for us. But they can't touch us when we remember who we are and we remember who is with us. Our Lord loves us so much. He died for us, taking away forever the fear of death. Death has no hold over us. We are a resurrection people. And the power of the resurrection lives right within us. We don't belong to the enemy. We belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been baptized in the sacred waters. We've been sealed with the oil of the catechumens, the oil of chrism. We've been given the light of Christ. We've been given the Holy Spirit within us. More than enough power to tell the enemy, get thee behind me, Satan. We need to teach our children to say that. When they encounter something they don't understand, rather than going by boredom and curiosity, diving into it, in the name of Jesus, get thee behind me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. Gates of hell, we tremble not for them. They're defeated. The enemy is defeated. We are victorious through the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ who loves us with his whole heart and is with us here today to feed us once again with his own body, his own blood, soul, and divinity. He loves you and will never stop loving you.